Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is live. Okay, we're up. We're live. How you doing? How you feeling? Welcome to the podcast. Um, I guess we should start this off by doing the whole little. I always hate doing them this way, but give us you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Question that way the audience kind of knows, you know, the quick gist of who you are and what we might be getting into tonight, kind of talking about and all that good stuff. So, feel free to take the floor here. Thank you. Um, so hi, everyone. Um, stay listening because this will get very interesting. But I'm Kate Glendon, um, born and raised in Connecticut, and I am currently the CEO of my own life and mindset coaching um, business that I started uh, recently launched last year, um, but been doing coaching on the side for over two years. So I really focus on building um, what do I call like harmony and balance, especially around the work life and the home life and just kind of being a better version of yourself. Yeah. And I also have a great little um, weight loss program that I do that, you know, includes enjoying life, which I like to make sure I let my clients know because um, I think that's really important that there's no off limit things. And really what I focus on is just like, bring back you to your fun self and bring you back to what that is and that so you can enjoy the rest of your life so how did this all start was it just you going down your life journey one day and decided you wanted to become a life coach or were you inspired were you inspired in some sort of fashion or you have your what's the deal so we all have our own life experiences right so growing up like always being like the awkward duckling and then falling into kind of like um my own little path and journey of public health and what that looked like. And, you know, always the person to be able to give advice in a manner that would help friends or family and make them laugh. And then, um, through my career, I ended up 
right, where I currently am um, promoting health to increase people's lives. And during that time, I was on 24-7 with the pandemic. And I was like, wow, like I'm talking to so many people. I really enjoy doing this. You know, I network and market anyways, but I couldn't do that anymore, right? Because the, the world was kind of staying safe. And I was like, okay, COVID's kind of over. What do I do now? Who am I? Like, what's my identity? And I was like, I need to be the person that supports other people because I supported all these all these other people when they didn't have anything. And I didn't have that support group. So I wanted to find something of my own um, to get my own mindset going. And, and that's how it kind of took off from there and just kept going at it in, from last year. Why do you think you were the uh, the odd duck or whatever you just said growing up? I mean, were you just... You know, like you, you know? always have like a group of friends. There's always like that odd one that, that um, you know, is, is a part of the group, right? Everyone likes them, but like they're just... Um, I switched friend groups a lot. I just could be friends with anyone. Um, you know, best friends varied. Um, I still have a core group of people, but, you know, I'm not the one that says that, you know... My well, I do have a, a best friend from three years old, but it's in a different type of way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always open to other people. Maybe that's because I was just trying on new identities, but always just kind of being friends with everyone rather than just focusing on a couple of people. Do you feel like that helped you going through life? Just because I guess what I'm getting at is that you know, you weren't you know, stuck with this one friend group, you got to see different views of life. And like, kind of what we were talking about earlier before the podcast, like different ideologies and new, like different ways of thinking rather than just the social norm of being, you know, trying to be the popular group of friends, or you could move on and be, you know, the ones who didn't mind, you know, staying in on Friday night and reading books, starting a book club, you know, does that kind of make sense what I'm saying? You got to have all different perspectives. Yeah. So I, I knew what it was like to be popular and I knew what it was like to be bullied and left out. And I also was okay mm. with just staying home. Um, you know, I knew what risky behavior was and I knew what being part of a sports team was. So that helped me think about, you know, having like work ethic and being able to kind of chameleon, chameleon myself to, to what I needed to be to feel safe at that time. Um, and then really finding who I was when I got older. Mm. Do you think that kind of also inspired you just to kind of help people be life coach? Like, cause I feel like a lot of people don't really know who they are, especially as they get older, you know, is that kind of, I think, no one knows who they are. Yeah, they just kind of, are what they think their friends are. Right. And what society tells them to be. Yeah. And so that's what I was. I was like, Oh, okay. They're doing that. I have to do this. And I was like, this does not fit me. Why am I wearing this, this personality, this identity? And why do I keep trying? Like, why do you keep trying in groups or jobs that, like, don't work for you? Mm. Why do you need that need of acceptance when we need to look in and find it inside? And that took a while to learn and kind of was part of the reason I became what I wanted to become because other people need to feel validated. They need the inner guide to kind of figure out who the hell they are. Sure. Yeah. So what was your plan growing up? I mean, obviously, I don't know if you came out saying I want to be a life coach, but did you have an actual general career in mind? I mean, did you want to be a actual? <laughs> no, I never. Coach? No, I never came out. So I was going to be a life coach. Um, 
So I never really had anything. I was, you know, a teacher because like what girl doesn't want to like have pretend like she's a teacher and teaches school when she's little and does fun playtime. But I went to school for my first semester of psychology and then I left because I left my school. I didn't like it. I didn't fit in. I felt like and wanted to be a hairdresser. Nice. And I wasn't allowed to be one. And I was enrolled into a local school. My parents said we're not paying for it. Um, And I was just kind of like floating around in college and found this class um, called Intro to Public Health. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I hate blood. Um, (laughs) uh, I'll I'll try this on, you know, and I kind of went through it and I was like, this is what I really like to do. Like, I want to help people before they get to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Because when you go to the doctor, you pay a giant copay and you're out of there in 10 minutes. Like if they had just some information before they went in or knew or had access to stuff, they would be able to live longer and not have to go through the medical care system. Your parents didn't want you to be a hairdresser? Is that what you were saying? No. <laughs> like Kate, you can't you can't even curl your own hair and I still can't and my hairdressers they try to teach me and you know um you know so you know they're right um I'd, I'd rather just pay for that service at this point gotcha. so you started out you got you found public health and did you get your master's in it is that what I read or I got my master's in it I went for it um and I really liked it I had a real um desire to help with maternal health and, um, you know, focused on that a lot, went to Guatemala for two weeks, learned how they lived. And that was super interesting. And my first job actually was working for the alcohol industry, which was a great first job out of college, um, to teach people not to overconsume alcohol, Mm. but it wasn't a good fit. So, um, it was a very demanding, um, tough situation. So I decided to, go back to school. Um, so I was going to be a teacher and then I didn't want to do that. I took the summer off because I thought, Oh, well, teachers have the summer off. So I should just stop. Yep. And then I waitressed for a full year to figure out what I wanted to do. Cause just like any other 20 year old, like you're thrown into the world and you're supposed to pick a career mm-hmm. and a job and, and just do it your own. And then, um, I actually started working um for federal grants to implement them in in communities to do some grassroots roots mobilization and then I fell into local health so that's kind of my background and then I ended up teaching um at the college that I went to as well so I still got that teaching in there nice and then um and then I just decided this was the next step Mm. yeah a little bit on me my third time switching majors in college I wanted to be a PE teacher. And just because I was like, Oh, I just teach kids to play games all day and I'll have the summers off. No big deal. Like that was my whole goal, which it started out that way. But then I decided that I don't think I like teaching and I never like, you know, because of life, it never led down that road, but, um, I don't regret it, but I had a good time in college. It was not an easy major, but it was a fun major for me. So, but yeah, you know, teaching never worked out. No, had some friends who still do it and some love teaching others who are just like, man, it's, they do it because, you know, they feel trapped and they can't get out of it now. But, um, yeah, I don't, I think they're one of those things that, yeah, they just want to keep doing it just because they feel like they have to, but yeah, teaching is just not for everybody. I don't know where I was really going with that, but it was just, 
That was the only reason I wanted to be a teacher, just because I was like, oh, I'll get the summers off. This would be badass, you know? No, why not? So it'd be so much fun. Right. Yeah. But. And it just, you know, I think it's so good, though, that you try so many different things so that you don't mm-hmm. stay in something that you don't want to do. So many people just stay comfortable. And that's the kind of like living lukewarm. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. I mean, I'm always envious of people who go into college knowing exactly you know, their passion, what they're set out for and like, Hey, I'm going to be a lawyer, doctor, whatever it is, and just ride that wave and never look back. And then other people like me, like, you know, I switched majors three or four times and still now that, you know, I went and got my master's and then still now I'm going down a different road than what I completely thought I was going to go in. And, and, you know, it's like one of those things where, you know, there's one of those cliche questions where people are like, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? And everyone's like, oh, I don't know. And they're like 30 or 40 years old. And it's still just cool to say that, that nobody still knows what direction they want to go in. But I think most people do. But there's still some of us outliers out there who are still kind of fumbling through life and still trying to figure it out as we go along the road or go along the way. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it does. But I think I don't think you're an outlier. I think you're part of the average population. I think people, um, you know, want you to believe they have this perfect life if they know that they're going to be this or that when they are, you know, going to college and you don't know what that looks like on the inside for them. They may be forced to. Um, but I think if you don't have that life experience of kind of dabbling and stuff, like that's kind of like, okay, well, you're going to do that later in life then. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, when you're asked before your brain is even fully um, finished being made, because it's your frontal cortex of your lobe that controls all your decisions, isn't even developed yet. You're trying to decide your life for the rest of your life. I mean, on average, people switch jobs eight to nine times throughout their career. So why wouldn't oh. you change your major a few times? Yeah. I mean, you know, I found like a good career now and I'm enjoying it and loving it. It's just one of those things now that I wish I would have found that earlier in life. But this is part of like kind of what you're saying, just how it goes and that it's a good thing. But just, um, yeah, just not exactly how it plans. You know, we always have this set plan or some of us have this set plan on how things are actually going to go. You know, after college, we'll get married and buy a house and have kids and whatever, start the career and do all this. And it's like, oh, wait, you know, here comes a 180 at you. And it doesn't exactly go that way. And some people can adapt and overcome and others seem to get hit hard by it and just almost get into this. Like if they fail at something, they get in this downward negative feedback spiral where it's just like, Oh man, I'm such a failure. And they just live with that. They don't know how to get over that. Does that kind of make sense? Rather than like, you know, they, they, it seems like they might reach out fine to a life coach and like, and I guess maybe that's what I'm asking is that. I've, yeah. That's what I'm getting at is that I've had multiple life coaches on here, but in your definition of a life coach, what is that? What's your definition of it? How do you see it? It's kind of like just read what everything you just said is I would reframe it. Like, look at you, Chris, you tried so many different things. Mm -hmm. How awesome is that? You're a rock star. You're still figuring it out. You have a podcast. Who can say they have a podcast that with people that actually listen and get guests that want to be on it, right? That's a huge accomplishment, right? You wouldn't be here if you didn't try whatever you tried. I don't know what you tried. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think that you're someone that's a leader and takes initiative and is not going to just sit there and be like, okay, this is fine, but be really hating Mondays every day. Mm -hmm. You know, they call it the scary Sundays. 
Yep. Do you want to be part of that population? No. And so I would call that thriving rather than failure. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not calling myself that. I'm just saying that for me, like I have. Or anyone that feels that way. Right. I, I just have this thing that it's like when I go set my heart or set my head to do something, I try to do it very well. Maybe that's naive and maybe it's stubborn thinking, but like, I just want to keep after it until I completely learn it and see where it goes until it ultimately I hit you know, a cement wall where it's like, there's no way around it, right? There's no way to get over it. There's no way to get around it. But even though I'm still going to try to push through and get through that wall in some fashion. And I think it's just kind of just could be just, like I said, being stubborn or just good work ethic, just because it was one of these things when I started my podcast, it was like, Hey, I'm starting this. I just literally thought it'd be three episodes and I would get my, my itch scratch and I'd be done with it. Right. But it was just one of those things I enjoy doing it. I enjoy talking with people and I was like, I want to keep doing it. And I'm just going to, yeah, there's a lot of obstacles in the way and a lot of things that just suck because you're like, Ooh, how am I going to schedule guests? You know, what are we going to talk about? You know, what is the format am I going to do? You know, how am I going to get, you know, how am I going to learn to edit stuff and put it on YouTube and span it out everywhere. But it was just one of these things that I'm just going to keep trying and trying and trying until, you know, you just can't swim anymore, I guess, like for better words. But and I think that's where a lot of people start to get motivated by it. They see like, you know, some average people, and I'm calling myself average, just to do stuff like this. I'm like, hey, man, you know, like I said, if I can do it, most people can do it. If you're just willing to take the wins and taking some of the L's as you go through any kind of journey in life. Right. And just kind of learn from a lot. I'm a, guy who, yeah, I'm a guy who just learns from trial and error. That's like my whole thing, you know, and just keep. Yeah. Going. As long as you take action whether it's messy or not you're taking action and sometimes you get stuck and that's where you have someone like me come on and figure out well why are you stuck is it it could just be a mindset like if you're telling yourself something in your head you're subconsciously putting out there in the universe so like if you already think that you're not going to do something well you're not because you already have put it in yourself your subconscious so you know a lot of times I work with my clients to figure out and we, I work backwards. Like, what do you want to focus on in the wheel of life? And what do you want the rest of your year to look like? And how do you have to show up to be that person so that by the year's end, you are, you know, feeling really good and have those things. And what are the things that make that person you, mm-hmm. because we don't want to spend, you know, our life not doing the things that we want just because someone told us to, mm-hmm. and that we feel like society said. In this modern world, I mean, and in, in your experience as a life coach, do you, how do you have a common pattern you see in your clients that people are coming to you for, with help from? Is it, you know, to get over help with their mindset? Is it help to kind of change their bad habits or, you know, and find it's, good? It's a lot. And I think they're they're very related is your habits and your and your mindset. So some people, you know, are overwhelmed because they can't set boundaries and they don't have calendar integrity, especially, um, business owners and entrepreneurs. They don't, you know, they have to work 24 seven. Otherwise no one does their business or no one does their promoting. So it's constantly, and how can we get them to shut down email or, um, their phone so that they can have some balance or pick a day where they don't work. So a lot of that is just resetting it. And taking off the limitation of time. It, it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there, as long as you yeah. get there. 
Yeah, that's what a lot and of the way shortcut, right? Yeah, it's like take the red pill or the blue pill or whatever it is, and that hopefully overnight you'll have that success. But when it does, it's kind of what I was talking about a little bit earlier. When you don't have that in the such short period of time, then it's almost discrediting in some form. And it's like, okay, maybe I am a failure. Maybe it didn't work out. Is that kind of what you were talking about? Yeah, you're only a failure if you stop. If you stop, if you sure. keep trying, then you're succeeding. And so a lot of it is just your mind about it, you know, even with, even with, you know, educating people about, you know, serving size in food. So you have to just have them understand like what, you know, what they need to do. It's not all like exercise and eating. There's a lot of emotional triggers. There's a lot of stress people are dealing with and they um, are dealing it with an unhealthy way. And they think that they want to, be this version of themselves and they're comparing themselves to other people, which is steals their joy. So why not set up a plan for you to have success or look at things differently mm. instead of someone critiquing you, like take that as, okay, now I can twist that and add value to whatever I was doing based on this, you know, advice or feedback sure. as much as you may not want to hear it. That's a good point you made about not knowing the serving size of food and just, and I, and I, I'm taking this from a doctor that I listened to on his podcast and that he was actually talking about people who, you know, don't really understand, I guess, food and have bad relationships with food, whether it be, you know, under eating or overeating or um, just not really knowing what food is really doing for their bodies. But there's just like, you still have to eat, you know, I guess you, if you have a bad relationship with food in some fashion, you know, that's what keeps you surviving and that you still have to go through this, even though it's a good or bad relationship that you have with it. And you got to learn to overcome it in some sort of fashion in order to meet whatever goal it is that you have or whatever. But it just kind of blew my mind because I never thought it in that fashion that, yeah, you know, people who struggle with, you know, like food issues is that they still got to eat in some fashion, right? They just can't stop. And to say like, you know, like when you were talking about working with alcohol or alcoholics earlier that, you know, most people just try to stop. Right. But you, and it hopefully works, but with food, you can't, you still got to eat. Yeah. Right. With you know, and, and same with alcohol, like, you know, it's, it's an illness. And so you have to figure out a way to work on that. Yeah. Um, with food, like you, you still have to eat, but it's learning how to nourish your body and how that works. And sometimes that coincides with either therapy or a life coach and understanding that if you are wanting to lose weight or just looking to understand food, there's portion controls, right? Okay. It's just like speeding. You can't just go and drive however fast you want. You can't just go over and eat and expect no consequences. So you have to build that healthy relationship and just learning how to, to build those meals. And, you know, People always turn to food because, first of all, food and drinks go together. You know, family and food go together. Friends and food go together. Football, you know, sports. So it's just learning how to manage this plate that you have yeah. and filling it, you know, with things that are going to nourish you and not make you feel sick the next day. Mm -hmm. And if you feel the need to try something, I always tell my clients, like, make sure it's good. If it's store bought and you could buy it, it's, you know, a big store. Why are you eating it? Try something different. Mm. Yeah. You don't need a potato chip. They have them everywhere. <laughs> True. Going back a little bit, have you always had this interest in, I guess, fitness and just nutrition in general? Or is this something, again, that just came kind of came along with your life coaching? 
Um, it came along because I was overweight for like all of my life. Really? And so I've tried um, for uh, many diets, coaches, nutritionists. I learned on my own, did my own research and kind of figure it off. Yeah. So I probably have kept off over 60 or 70 pounds for over dealing with the challenges that anyone does that, you know, wants to eat more than they can. Yeah. Yeah. So you overcame being overweight, right? Is that, Mm -hmm. and I did. Yeah. But I think it's always a battle. I think any, you know, you always want more. What's kind of, I I just ate before I came on here and I was like, Damn, I could eat all those potatoes right now. I did the same. <laughs> I did it right before I got on here. But I mean, I'm the same way. And it was one of those things with me that, you know, I don't know how much you know about me, but I'm, you know, I do CrossFit. I coach CrossFit on the side. That's my, you know, my side gig. And, like, you know, I, I like to compete in it. And, you know, I train five or six days a week. And, and even after, and I've always been an athletic person my whole life, you know, grew up in sports and, uh, you know, found weightlifting in high school. We were able to take weightlifting as a class and started learning it from there and started seeing how much just lifting weights and doing strength conditioning, not just lifting weights, but running and lifting weights. That's all we did in high school, really. Just how much my body changed and how much, you know, my performance would improve. And so it wasn't until, and I kept doing that in college and just and even still learning the whole physical education thing and getting not a full scope of what nutrition is really like, but getting the decent foundation is what I would say. But still, I wouldn't apply it to anything just because I was a kind of the party kid. And I was a party kid in school, wanting just to party and have fun and, you know, not really care about what the future held. It's just like, oh, let's just see what we're doing on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night and go from there. Who cares about the rest of the world? But anyway, uh, my point is, is that it wasn't until roughly five or six years ago that I really took my nutrition more on a serious note and actually started learning that what serving sizes were based on like the current program, the nutrition program I was doing then. And so for example, when I would get out my protein, such as chicken, steak or whatever I was eating or whatever, I think it called for like four or six ounces or whatever it was that I had to do. Right. And so I would just throw out and weigh my food right there. And it would be like 12 ounces. I was like, Shit. That's what I was like. I thought for sure that'd be like five ounces right there, but that's 12. And I had no idea, you know, like a chicken breast or like a chicken breast and a half weighed that much. And that's when it finally occurred to me that like a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, oh, okay. So if I don't know this, how many people really don't know, you know, how much, you know, an ounce of whatever it is or four ounces of whatever. And, you know, what's the size of a chicken breast they probably should be eating just because in our culture today, it's just like so much that people just want as much as they can get. Right. Just because it's like food challenges and, uh, you know, always just like, oh, that's not enough. You know, I, I need a bigger plate than that. Go back for seconds, go back for thirds. You're not eating enough and all this good stuff. And it's like, so it's kind of hard to just for me, like, for I think generally for just for most people to even know what you just like, what you said, what a serving size of whatever it is. Right. Exactly. And so that's the hardest part because there's so many fad diets out there and people buy into that because they want like instant gratification. I've been one of them too, but you know, and just because you work out, it doesn't necessarily need that you need to refill it yourself up and what healthy is. Yeah. Avocados are healthy, but eating five isn't. So you, you know, so it's just educating them, like, you know, with cooking oils, you still need to measure all that. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, through years of experience and understanding and being, you know, a runner, I used when I, before I got injured, I did like seven half marathons and like, how do you feel your body? You had to, um, you have to educate yourself and it's, it's lots of different information and you have to keep doing it because you can get off course really fast. So the people that I've worked with that have lost weight have just made simple, you know, decisions. Maybe they didn't eat breakfast and they thought they were losing weight that way or you know we put it on so fast over the holidays and they then that we don't understand why we can't get it off yeah yeah with it there was a statistic i read like from november to december or a little bit after new year's is like when most people put on the most weight throughout the year just because it's so many holiday parties and i guess and like so many food or family gatherings and stuff and it's always every Every gathering always consider whether it be like a work thing, a family thing, or friend thing. It always centers around food in some fashion, right? It's just always like you just can't just sit around and not bring some type of food. Everyone has to bring the food and not like the good foods. You know, it's always got to be the sweets and all the fun stuff to eat. But it's just, and that's kind of what happens. Like, and you're almost obligated because when you go out to these social occasions, that you're like almost forced to eat just because everyone else is doing it, and that's you don't want to be in my experience to be the person who brings her own like lunch or whatever you want to call it, like their own little to-go plate. And like, Oh no, I'm just going to eat what yeah. I call. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just weird. Yeah, please people don't bring home. your backpack of Tupperware to my house. Exactly. But, um, yeah. It's like people, be you real- know, you have control over what you bring and what you choose. True. Otherwise you're just going to sit in your, in your house and be healthy. And- At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Strong, and don't you want to show that off? So, of you know, if people don't want to lose or take care of their health every holiday every year goes by they're adding more and more and more weight on Mm -hmm. and so you really have to figure that that out because in life there's always going to be a reason to have food and you have to figure out what what people what people what events are worth it everyone has a family member that makes bad food so don't waste your time eating there you know what i mean like there's ways to navigate it where you eat a little and um or you eat before or some kind of excuse that so that you don't have to um do much um so you know and be okay with the one that orders salad or you know doesn't eat while everyone else is Mm -hmm. like that's their own energy and they that and you're doing something for yourself instead of going home and feeling guilty that you overeat just to fit in to make your friends feel comfortable no this is your health yeah Going back a little bit, I can't remember if you said it, but I know you just when you talked about being overweight, what was the main thing that you helped I mean, or how that helped you? Was it a certain diet or was it just portion control? And like you were talking about on the serving size? Or? Yeah, it because I've run the spectrum of everything. It was just knowing what to eat, when to eat it and um, cutting back on, you know, going out on the weekends, you know, because that can really affect everything you do when you go out and eat a lot. Um, and just realizing like what good food is versus bad food and, 
you know, being mindful of, of what I was eating, not too many carbs or fats mm-hmm. or, um, and then, you know, I've gotten to weighing my food and portion control. Um, so that helped me with learning, um, you know, the macronutrients of things. Sure. Yeah. I get asked a lot just being like, Hey, what are you eating? What do you do and stuff? And, and which I don't mind sharing and all that good stuff, but I won't try to get it across that people just that, you know, just because I know what's working for me and my body may not work for you. You know, and I'm one of these people who I can do very well off more protein and lower carbs and some fats. And just because my body seems to like it, you know, when I start to eat, you know, and I love bread and pasta and like all that stuff. And, you know, I like my sweets and all that, of course. But when I start to eat all that stuff is when I start to feel my worst. And I just, I know that, you know, hey, I might eat this stuff, but tomorrow I'm going to be feeling this. Like I'm just going to be, you know, like brain fog and just slow in my performance or whatever. But when I'm, and it's just, then that was just me again, just doing trial and error, just knowing that stuff and that there's no like one self master diet it's just everybody's different in some fashion you just and that's what i tell people just just try things out write it down just see how you're feeling and then you know try it out for a week and then if it doesn't work then change it up a little bit next week and go from there and then like yeah you have to let give things time to to try exactly and you know i'm always off offering to help people but like i can't help you if you're not going to give me the information or Mm -hmm. you're going to continue to eat all the office food that everyone brings in doesn't you don't need to yeah that's one of the worst things is that when you try to help people and stuff and that when you start to ask them like hey what what have you been eating or whatever and like if you wrote down everything you eat they only tell you what you want to hear basically they're and just because it's like almost i might get exposed right now they're going to find out i was eating some of the bad stuff and that maybe i shouldn't tell them that and then it's like hey just tell me that i don't care if you're eating that but you got to be truthful in this fence and just come to terms with it that hey you know all right this didn't work so let's change it up and just know that, hey, you know, you were eating pizza for lunch every day on Monday through Friday that, hey, maybe you shouldn't be, let's exchange that. Like you talk about a salad a little bit. Let's try that out three days a week instead of, you know, five days eating pizza or whatever and just play, you know, just play trial and error. Like I said, and just one of these things that I heard one time that you have to get better the same way you got sick. Right. And I guess they were just talking about, you know, you go through these seven days a week, like talking about going out on the weekends and indulging in food and drinks and just kind of messing up what you did for the whole week or whatever, and not really exercising. And then all of a sudden, you know, you keep doing that. And all of a sudden it's like a snowball effect. It just keeps going and all that weight keeps coming up and you just feel like, you know, trash. And then all of a sudden you decide to make a change. And then you got to say, all right, well, I'm just going to get better the same way I got sick. So just keep doing all the right things six to seven days out of a week and get just reverse that I guess, norm or reverse that trend is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. And, you know, people have one bad meal and then they continue to Monday and you don't need to do that. Right. You don't just like throw away a car because as a flat tire, you get it fixed and you keep going. So, you know, everyone has excuses. If you're not prepared for the day with your food, you're going to possibly make a crappy decision. So you just have to want it. Yeah, we're not perfect. That's for sure. But did you say you're a runner? You became a runner? Yeah, I um, started running with my brother when I was 25. um, And I ran for a good solid 10 years. And I haven't run since um, the pandemic. Which you think I would run to get outside more. But yeah, I was, um, I got injured. I was supposed to do the Marine Corps Marathon. Mm. And I couldn't do it. 
What happened? If you don't mind me asking, what was the injury? Um, I overran. I overtrained and overran because I thought I could run myself out of getting over a breakup, and that just led to um a stress fracture in my leg. So. I know how that goes for sure. That uh, you know, I don't know if we. I mean, we can talk about love or relationships or whatever, but I know like how. For me, I went through just a breakup probably eh, about a year ago right now. And just that it was one of these things I kept looking things mentally for me to keep my mind off that. And I was like, I felt like, for example, I ran my first hair math. I can't even talk tonight. My first half marathon just a few months ago. And like I kept finding new competitions and new running things or new CrossFit stuff just to say, hey, this is going to help me get through all that stuff. And which it did. I mean, I feel better now. But it was one of those things. It's just weird how everyone, you know, might just sit and do nothing and just kind of be upset over a breakup or something. But for me, I was looking for things to keep my mind, you know, not focusing on it. I hope that kind of makes sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it produces endorphins and I'm, you know, I made really good playlists. And so I just would run and lift and, 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 you know, I did it and, you know, but the inner work had to happen. And so that was the hardest part. So what was on your playlist? Um, it was everything from like Welcome to the Jungle to like Britney Spears to <laughs> whatever the latest rap song was. Okay. Um, so we, you know, ran a lot. I'd always like finish a run with like signed, sealed, and delivered, and there would be all you know, all things in there. Um, so stuff from high school. Um, but you know, whatever, like you know, it was good vibes. I'd put in, um, mix it all up. Eminem, of course, was always in there. So of course, nice. When you were running, and I know you said you were overtraining, but did you know that you were overtraining at the time because of your injury? Or, or you just knew that you were just running just because you wanted to run? Or I knew I was overtraining at some points, but I didn't care. Um mm-hmm. because I wanted you know, I knew I was behind in some of my um, training programs or I just didn't feel happy with my body. So I would run. Um, so it was also a stress relief. Yeah. So now when I think about running, I'm like, everyone wants to go like run races this year because it's back open. Sure. I'm like, please don't ask me to run with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, are you thinking about you might get back on that horse and start running it again? I like play with that idea a lot um so it's you know i have a harder time now so i'm much slower than i used to be mm-hmm. so but yeah. i just have to accept that's where i am at least i'm running yeah so what was the what was the pandemic like for you i mean was it rough i mean i don't know i know you said you were from connecticut but i don't really know how connecticut handled the pandemic and connecticut was super um on top of it um, we had very um, strict guidelines. So I was on call 24-7 throughout it. So the person that um, quarantined and isolated schools, classrooms, restaurants, daycares, um, and dealing with different outbreaks in long-term care facilities, deaths, like that was my job. So um, when it first happened, you know, making sure people were quarantined and staying home and dealing with the a lot of the first responders that got it and they didn't know what, you know, what this is like the very beginning and they, you know, were having pneumonia and they couldn't breathe and their wives calling and, you know, you didn't, your phone just never stopped. Um, so 
it was nonstop, you know, going through it. And I also was getting married at the time. So it would be like getting married, getting engaged. Wait, there's an outbreak. And I'm like, like trying to like, uh, I snuck away. Um, so, um, it was hard and trying to keep businesses afloat and working with them so that they could still stay alive. And we had a great team, um, but working every day for 24 seven and then doing clinics so that we could get people vaccinated. It takes, it takes a toll on someone. Yeah. That's a whole lot, especially just, you know, like you said, getting married, working, and then trying to take care of other people. It seems to be, 24 seven, a whole lot on your shoulders, just in that little bit. I mean, just for me, the pandemic really, my life didn't change much, except when I went out, I just had to wear a mask. And kind of like what I was telling you earlier, though, that, you know, I'm from a very rural area where, you know, I still had access to the gym and I still went to work except for a couple of months where they let us work from home. And, but like I said, it was either just go get takeout and or go to the grocery store and just put on a mask and come home. So, and it's hard for me to almost what's the word I'm looking for? Empathize with people who actually were stuck inside all day. were not even allowed to go out and everything just because I don't know what it was like. Right. And it's just hard. But for you, it seems like you had a hell of a lot more going on than. Yeah, we were delivering. Like, so I didn't have to work from home. I had to be in the office. So, you know, we were delivering uh, masks to jails and to people and giving dentists um, stuff to stay safe. And, you know, people, people getting laid off that affected our family. Luckily people know that I worked out and I got to borrow some gym equipment. They closed gyms for three months. And yeah. so, um, you know, it was a little bit different in Connecticut. We had a lot of rules, um, and yeah. the last one to restrict it, but, you know, we spent a lot of time hiking and doing things just outside, um, but it's also hard now because they know they know who I am. So everyone's a little bit like, okay, there's, you know, and now we have flu and RSV and, and we just got to move forward. And, and so planning our, our great programs for our communities to keep them safe. Yeah. I was wondering, just having your background in public health, were people coming to you just expecting you to have answers and kind of be the person who knew you know, what the next move was and exactly how to handle everything. Just because even there's a lot of quote unquote people who didn't really know who thought they knew, like almost everybody became a doctor during the pandemic. I felt like, you know, I would always, yeah. And this is the, you know, and I, I love podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. I mean, that's man, my thing at work. Instead of listening to music, I just put on a good podcast. But, but the cool thing about podcasts is that for me, you can listen to both sides of the spectrum, I guess, you know, you can hear one person who's, you know, has all the answers about, how should we handle pandemics? How should we handle COVID, RSV, flu? He's got it completely solved. And somebody else comes on there and just like, I don't know what the hell we're doing, man. And I don't even know how we got this far, but we're just kind of, you know, just making shit up as we go and just hoping it works out. And then, it, but, and, and then you just kind of kind of thinking like, well, this kind of kind of makes sense, but they kind of got some, some good points too. But yeah, it was just kind of like, but it seems like everybody tried to know or had to get put in their two cents just to talk about. Like they knew how to handle everything. It's like, do you really? I don't think you really do. Yeah. Are you an expert? Yeah, I think that's like the hardest part is like you're competing against everyone else. And, you know, you're learning as information comes out. So if you didn't, you know, if you missed a press conference um, and you don't have an information, but 
we tried to stay on top of it as much as we can to educate because people were scared and our job was to not to, you know, to guide them through it. And so they came to us and that was our, our responsibility to know everything. So, you know, okay, you wake up, you watch the news, you, okay, what's going on? What, what are they saying? And then the same thing happened with the vaccinations and the stuff. So, um, you learned, you learned a lot, um, which is pretty cool to go through that experience firsthand. Were you scared at all? Or were you just kind of, it was my job. I had to, you know, I did it and it just got done. Yeah. It was like, a, you know, I finally got COVID, I think right after Christmas last year. So Your first time. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, I know what it, it feels like and, you know, it, it, through the pandemic work, I had to work with a lot of people and a lot of organizations and the best thing that ever happened was building solid relationships with people that I probably wouldn't have if I didn't have to talk to them like nonstop and yeah. over guidelines. And so that was a huge benefit of it. Yeah. What were your symptoms like? And if you don't mind me asking, how long did it last? <laughs> so my least, I was very tired. I felt like I had a bad sure. cold. Yeah, I've had a couple. Yeah, and which is normal for this for this this variant. Yeah, I've had a couple of friends who got it, and I had one friend who got it really early, like when I guess the pandemic was just starting in twenty, and that it kind of put basically put him down for a week. And then other friends who got it, it was just kind of what you said. Oh, it's just a bad cold or whatever. And I've been exposed a couple of times, but I've never when I have tested, it was always negative. So, but I have been sick during these past few years, but. Was it COVID? I don't know, hundred percent. But it, I had the symptoms of it, and but I got over it. Like kind of what you said, it was just like, oh, this today sucks. I got, you know, I can't breathe out of my nose right now, but I'm t- kind of tired. But the, I got over it in two or three days. So, and I don't know if that's just based on me being lucky, or if that's just based on good health, and or whatever. But it seems like everybody, even some, I know some people who are very healthy and professional athletes who actually messed up their lungs basically just because of. It just hit them differently compared to other people. I don't know. It was almost different case by case scenario with everybody. And it's really unique per person. Um, in when the day you test and how many times you test, um, there's a lot of different science behind it. Yeah. But I didn't mean to go on a COVID soapbox already. I didn't want this whole <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's just it's just always it does still kind of interest me, even though I guess technically where there is no more pandemic and everything but it's still interesting to me just because you know like i had some friends who got it but i don't know a ton of people who had a lot of experience with it so it's just kind of nice to hear their perspective and hey like hey what was it like in your shoes through this whole thing and like you know it seems like there and for a while like each month we had some kind of new world history thing going on and it was changing lives it was like man can things just stop and slow down for a second right i know it was very um it's been a very exciting um with it news and health and information for the past few years so but moving forward though i mean what is your future like do you think for you i mean do you think you're going to keep going down the life coach and just helping people and making things better or do you see do you have other goals in mind do you want to travel the world i mean do you want to go see the pyramids or what do you want to do so, yeah <laughs> i definitely want to get over to europe that's travel isn't on my mind a lot um you know and i'm passionate about life coaching in my business and I'm going to continue to do that and you know just be a leader for people yeah. so I'm really excited for what's up 
to come because I know, um, I feel it and believe it, that there's a lot of great things coming. Mm. And just so for the listeners and everybody, I mean, do you have a little special, any special techniques on how you motivate people and how to get them to change? Like what we were talking about earlier in the podcast, changing their mindset. And I mean, do you, you know, take a call and just kind of test everybody out and see if you really want to work with them at first and then kind of go from there? Or do you, I mean, what's up? What, what do you got going on? I mean, it's a dance. I call it a dance. You know, I offer a free, a free session for anyone, for any of the listeners, they can sign up. It's free 30 minutes on my website, which is glendoncoaching.com. And it's really a website to kind of, uh, I need a session to kind of go over like, where are you stuck? And, and, you know, who are you? Tell me about yourself. Like, why do you want to change? Why do you want life coaching? Like, are you coachable? And do you have the desire to change? Because mm. if you don't, you know, it's it's going to be a hard road of success. You have to get to the place where you're ready to, to take some honest action. Do you think? And then we move forward to see what's right for them. Do you feel like, you know, how would I want to put this so it doesn't sound terrible, that a lot of people say they want to change, but they don't really want to change. Like they they say this stuff, but then when it starts to change, like, oh no, they freak out. Like, oh no, like I don't like change. Um, I I think you know the answer to that in society, right? Society doesn't want to change their healthy habits. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't have an obesity problem. But I think when people are ready to change, they just need a little push. And that's, you know, what kind of I do with my clients. They're ready, they're ready to sign up and they just don't know how to get unstuck. And that's my job yeah. is to figure out where their blockage is. Mm. Yeah, that's one of the things that oh, in my own self and me trying to be more self-aware with I am by having these podcasts and doing my workouts and coaching and just, you know, learning more day by day, I guess, is that try to get out of my own way, really. It's just that I seem to always be making the problems worse than what they are. But it wasn't until, you know, I've had a few success in life and there's a great, great, a great quote that I like. And it's like, once you see the way broadly, you see it in all things. So it's one of these things that once you kind of had these success and know how you did to or know what you did to, you know, get from point A to point B to point C, you can kind of take that and transfer it over to other daily life tasks that you have or life goals, hopefully, that you have. And that's just my perspective of it. And does it work for everybody? I don't know. But it just seems to think that, you know, hey, just, you know, work hard, make good decisions, and hopefully good things will come. And I know that sounds like easier said than done kind of thinking and I know think there's challenges along the way but if you just keep kind of pushing through hopefully good things happen to good people I don't know it seems it sounds good right. Might be so, so yeah not. so what I always say um is that you could never connect the steps going forward you can only connect them going backwards mm. and so you just have to keep taking the next step and as you do that more steps come and evolve yeah there's a I don't know how you feel about Will Smith, but I read his book. I don't know, probably last year or whatever. Like his, I don't know if it was an autobiography or whatever, but there was a good quote in there. He said that, you know, in school you get the test. No, you get to take the lesson and then you get the test or whatever and find out how you did or whatever. But in life you get the test first and then you find out what lesson you learned from it. And I was like, Hey, that makes perfect sense. And depending on your scenario and what things go, and I was like, Hey, you know, wish be the other way around, but it's not always like that. So I don't know. It's one of those things that I always felt like, you know, trial and error just seems to work out. Like I learned from it and I keep going and not try to dwell on the past. 
Well, right. The past is the past. You can only focus on right now. So, Catherine, I know we're getting a little short on time here, and I've been trying out this new segment. I guess I'm call. I've been calling it like random questions with Chris, like kind of sponsored by me. I guess, like I don't have a sponsor for this episode, but anyway. But um, so do you want to do it real quick? Like, I'll ask you like three to five random questions, and yeah, let's try yeah, it out. Cool, and then um. You know, they could be long answers, short answers, your choice or whatever. But I've been experimenting with this on like things, like going out with some friends and stuff at a brewery or whatever. And we just kind of ask each other random questions and we kind of make a little game of it that, well, if you want to answer, cool. But if you don't want to answer, then take a drink or something. I don't know. Just like a little stupid games just to get conversations going or whatever. So, but um, all right, you ready? You want to do it? Yeah. Okay. Can, uh, can't guarantee what's going to come up, but it's like a list of stuff that I have and I'll just kind of throw it out here. And if it's probably... Not any way relevant or kind of weird question, I guess, and we'll just skip it. I don't know. So, all right. Just play the game, Chris. Okay. All right. All right. I was trying to make it sound cooler than what it was. All right. Here we go. Um, All right. This is a good one for you. What's one rule you wish everyone would follow? Just be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I guess I like that. Okay. Okay. Just moving on. Moving on. Here we go. Next question. Uh, well, this is, are you good at your job? <laughs> yes. Are you good at your job? Okay, good. Any yes, reason why I you're, am. Just, you're just confident? Um, my accomplishments show it, you know? I like it. Oh, there's a good one. If you could speak another language, what would it be? Oh, that is a good one. I don't know. The first thing that came to my mind was Chinese because I feel like that's a prominent language, but I don't know why. Um, but that's what came. That was the first thing that came to my mind. So Chinese impressive. I'll go with that. Um, I used to have this theory. I still kind of do that. You could learn another language by listening to their culture's music and then like, you know, learning the words from it and then kind of go to Google Translate and just figure out what they're saying. And then like, hey, I can read this, read and speak this language now. I don't know. It's kind of a working theory just because it seems to like for music, you hear a song that you haven't heard in like 15 years. And all of a sudden you still remember the lyrics to it for whatever reason. Right. I was like, there's might be something to that. I don't know. Yeah. Let me know how that research. Goes. I don't know. That's this is as far as it's gotten. It's just me talking about it on the podcast, but it seems fun to talk about. So I don't know if it'll ever work. So, all right, a couple more here and we'll call this a night. Um, what's a good, another one here. If the group wasn't here, who would you be talking to? No, nope, that's not going to work for this one. <laughs> I would be in with my you know, that TV. All right. What's one habit you wish you could break? Ooh. Um, caring what other people think. Ooh, a good answer. Oh, did you freeze up on me? Oh, you're back. Okay, you froze for a second. Caring I what- was like, drink. I drink too much coffee. Maybe cut back. Caring what other people think. Caring what other people think. That's tough because I think a lot of people like to say that they don't care what people think, but it's almost to me a defense mechanism. Just because I think almost everybody still does in some fashion care, and if you Absolutely, don't, care, yeah. if you don't care, then it's just something else is going on. I don't know. Yeah. 
to me. I probably should stop buying stuff on Amazon every day, but I mean, whatever. <laughs> no, it comes so fast. <laughs> All right, we'll do one more and we'll send this puppy home on this. Um, well, all right. I don't know if this applies to you, but tell everyone your best tequila story. Do you have one? I have too many. That's another show. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Here, this is the uh, last one. All right. No matter what. All right. Well, what in the group could you get someone? All right. Who in this? Is, no, this doesn't apply. That don't apply. All right. If money was no concern, what would you want your days to spit? What would you want to spend your days doing? I would live by the beach and own my own coffee shop. Ooh, coffee shop and the beach. I like it. Cool. What kind of, wait, are you like a Americano girl or black coffee? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just love coffee. It's a solid. So someone would run it. I'd be by the beach helping. Okay, cool. Love it. All right. Well, Catherine, thanks for being here. Um, Before we get off here, if you want to plug, I know you kind of said about your website earlier, but if you want to plug where people can find you or just anything in general, feel free to do that. Sure. Please reach out. You can find me at glendoncoaching.com or my Instagram handle is kglendon underscore coaching or Catherine Ann on LinkedIn. So um, I hope to talk to you soon. Cool. Any last Thank you messages? so much. Any last messages for the listeners? Anything you want them to hear before you, uh, you know, just, just take some action. Let's go. Let's do it. it. I love it. All right, cool. Well, thank you again. I enjoyed it. Um, that's it. That's it. That's it, folks. We're out of here. See ya. All right. I'm signing off. Have a good night. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>